Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 4, Episode 4. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing great. I just saw some trailers for uh, Jedi Survivor, and I'm getting pretty stoked for that. So awesome. uh, a few months away, but that's definitely going to my gaming list. Awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't yet, but um, I saw the there's a new Mandalorian trailers were out the other week and everything. So lots of great stuff coming out. Very, very cool. Welcome everyone to today's episode. We got a good one. Uh, we have Nick that uh, does a lot of map making, has worked with us before, and we're going to talk about making maps. I know it's a big question that comes up a lot. So looking forward to that conversation. As always, be sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, YouTube channel for VODs of actual plays and other tutorial and tip videos like that, Instagram and Twitter for updates on content and a few little fun freebies like NPCs, custom items, etc. on there. And Tegan, uh, Twitch, you're doing most of the actual plays, Star Wars 5e over there. What do you got going on for Twitch? Yeah, so this Tuesday will be uh, stranded. Uh, we're getting to the last arc, uh, the DM said. So come and join Keith. And uh, I think we've got a couple, about three or four sessions left as we wrap up and figure out the mystery of why we got stranded there and what's going on with the hyperspace lane. So come through for that. Uh, and then join us next week for Invasion as they kind of wrap up Operation Saber Breaker. So uh, as always, uh, well, this week was on a Wednesday due to Valentine's Day, uh, but uh, usually it's Star Wars Tuesdays. Uh, you come uh, usually 6.30 Eastern time on my channel, Tegan J Gaming at Twitch, and uh, come hang out with the crew. Absolutely. Always a good time there. So check that out. And then lastly, for our content, of course, is our Patreon, and that's the best way to help support the content that we do create uh, with a little bit of kickback as well. Uh, we have some new Patreons uh, as of this episode, so big shout out to Tier 2 members Alexander, Colin, Eddie, and Chris. Thank you to you new members and, of course, all of our existing members and supporters. We appreciate it so very much. The latest thing we had was last episode, beginning of the month, was our Tunnel Run adventure. So we hope you've checked that out and have had some fun with that. Uh, looking ahead a little bit, next week will be the preview for Tier 3 members of our Patreon adventure. Uh, Tegan, any teasing you want to give for that? Definitely. So uh, one of the things we're doing this year is we're uh, one of these always adventures will be recommended by the community. Uh, so one of the community members recommended kind of doing a little bit of a Romeo Juliet style thing with uh, the Star Wars gangs. So uh, if you caught on the the with the first uh, hex crawl path, we're going to be bringing back the bloody Minox. Uh, they're going to have a little bit of a rival criminal organization and the players are going to have to stop a feud that's going on and hopefully save uh, two star cross lovers. So come in, uh, hang out. That'd be a fun uh, one or two shot to run with your crew. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. I, it's always great. We talk a lot about using, you know, other forms of media and, and things for inspiration. So this would be a good one. Uh, definitely check that one out. As I said, so tier three members see that early next week. And then on the 7th, the beginning of the first Tuesday of March. Wow. Um, <laughs> that'll be out for tier two members. So uh, check that out. Patreon wise. 
All right, I think that's everything on the front end for us. So let's bring Nick in here and dive into talking about maps. All right, everyone, so glad to have Nick here with us, uh, designer, map maker, joining us on the show to talk about just that. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, glad to have you here. We have worked with Nick in the past. I forget what specific adventure it was. Uh, Tegan, it was with the... Um, it was a change of prey, I think it was. It yeah. was the Bounty Hunter one with the hut. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun adventure. And, and Nick had whipped up some uh, maps for us there. And uh, we get questions about doing maps all the time. You know, what are our methods? What are things out there we can do? So we thought we'd bring you on. I know you're working on some other stuff. Uh, shout out to your current project, DND Galaxy. Find that on Instagram, DND underscore Galaxy. Uh, and we'll talk about that and more. So thank you for being here. First, tell us about you know your backgrounds with tabletops. How did you kind of first get into it and anything that you're currently uh, running or playing? Yeah, so um, my intro into tabletops came about in, I wanna say 2019. Um, I had a longtime friends uh, who had been running a campaign and they needed some more players because they only had two people in their campaign. And so they wanted to bring some more on and he kind of brought us on through a one shot to give us a chance to see how we liked it and all that. And he was running, um, you know, 5e, standard 5e. And yeah, I really took to it and really enjoyed it. And got brought on to the main adventure which is still continuing now four years later um awesome. our characters are like level 16 now so we're pretty up there a little <laughs> slow burn i guess what, what did you start in that campaign level wise uh one so okay nice. so, yeah, yeah four years i mean that's a yeah it's a little slow burn but even then <laughs> super cool sorry keep going yeah so in that one i play uh a pirate dwarf who's a fighter ranger always been super into dwarves but while we were playing i was like you know it'd be really cool if there was something star wars that we could do and he was like yeah i mean why don't you look up something and we'll see what we could do about that so i looked it up and i found like the whole sw5e system and i was like yeah you should totally do one of these games he's like no why don't you run the game and i was like oh okay <laughs> so um just read all the books and figured out what I could do and started running a game and kind of just as my game progressed, I realized more and more that I could implement the art skills that I already had into making more of an experience with it through um, at the time Roll20 and then eventually now we use Foundry. So awesome. And my game has been going on now for about three years, but we only play like once a month sometimes a little bit less because of a very busy group there's about seven of us i believe so wow campaign very cool that's something about your campaign what's going on with it yeah so in my campaign we start off with some mercenaries for the black sun who get a mission to raid an imperial base on uh the planet of lawn which is um a planet that was in like a Canaan comic. So I wanted to get kind of like an obscure planet for it. But um, the artifact turns out to be a Sith holocron. And they are tasked with bringing the holocron to the buyer, who is Gracchus the Hutt on Narshada, um, who's also from the comics. He's a avid collector of 
Jedi and Sith artifacts and stuff. As they get there, a lot of shenanigans unfolds and they wind up in his arena and fighting in his arena where he kind of had Luke fight in the comics as well. And um, they wind up coming across somebody who has been working for Gracchus as a way to get these Sith artifacts for himself. And it turns out he's part of a cult that follows the teachings of Revan. One of the players in my game is a is an actual Sith, like the Sith species. Pure, and so uh, he takes blood, an yeah. interest. Yeah, he takes an interest in them and teaches them how to open the holocron. And it turns out that the holocron is a missing and broken up map. And so they're going from planet to planet to try and get additional pieces of this holocron to figure out where it leads, all while um, the Sith cultist is kind of like training him as his apprentice uh, to kind of rival uh, the Emperor. Right now they're on Lothal, going to be coming up to some of the Jedi temples and worlds in between worlds stuff there. Um, but they've Very been cool. helping a early days resistance uh, kind of form. It's right around the time that the Bridgers get arrested. And um, so, so empire era um, kind of early rebellion area era. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, right. Civil yeah. There's War. no um, established rebellion yet. There's just kind of like these little pockets that are yeah. starting to form all over. Awesome. Yeah, we Tegan and I have talked plenty, especially with Andor and whatnot, like such a great, you know, time period to set, set a game in and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. That sounds super cool, by the way. Amazing uh, premise there. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Is that uh, your games, both of them that you play in, uh, in-person, virtual? Yeah, I do Foundry virtual. So like my friends okay. are like all over the country. Okay. So awesome. it yeah. gives us a good place to meet. Yeah, yeah. Technology is fantastic. That allows us so much more opportunity to play, uh, play the games like that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So any, um, you know, touching on uh, your DM experience, how, you know, how has that gone? Or um, before we get into kind of the main conversation with maps, but uh, just as a DM, any tips or words of wisdom for other new DMs out there just from your experience? I'd say just start. Like, I find that a lot of people say that they want to run a campaign or they've got all these great ideas, but they never start because they're so overwhelmed by all of D&D. &D. And I think that, you know, we have all these rules and stuff, but at the end of the day, they're kind of like a guideline to help you make your sandbox. You don't need to get so hung up in absolutely everything. You can just start and have fun and figure it out together. And uh, an important thing as a DM is to not have it all figured out because you want to evolve the story as your players interact in your world and have things change as they make choices and all of that. So, hundred percent on that one. I feel like a lot of people get caught up with trying to know every rule precisely. But the best way to learn the rules, and you read them like a ton, but the best way to learn, I found, is actually playing it out, seeing how it actually mm -hmm. interacts on, like, not on paper, but actually in at the table, uh, and you'll be able to pick it up a lot faster than just reading and reading. Yeah, for sure. You you have those moments where it's like, um, oh, can I do this, or how could I maybe do this? And then everyone kind of goes and looks in the rules and talks about like the subtext of the way it's written and all that. And I mean, that's how you learn to play. <laughs> and I think even outside of the, that example where, because I was going to say, I love, some of my best moments are with brand new players where they don't know the rules and they suggest an action. And it could be something, you know, you're, you're not hindered by that knowledge of the rules because then it really lets your creativity flow and, and, you know, you come up with some pretty cool ideas there too. So yeah, absolutely. 
Very, very cool stuff. So let's talk maps, Nick. Uh, so as we mentioned already, you worked with us and, and did a couple things. Let's start with, well, tell us uh, about your, let's, let's talk about D&D Galaxy uh, first, kind of touch on what that is and what you're doing with that. Yeah, so um, I had been posting the D&D art that I was making for a bit, but I also am an art student uh, going to full sale learning 3D um, modeling and animation and all of that. So I was kind of getting buried in my posts and I felt like I needed a specific place for my D&D art to live. And also as I've been so busy with school, um, one of my players was really stepping up and starting to contribute his art as well. And I mean, we've been best friends for like 16 years at this point. So we're like, hey, why don't we just band together, make a new account for all of this to live and we'll uh, reformat the Patreon that I had to that. And so now we're posting stuff pretty regularly. We've got uh, over 60 tokens and uh, 50 props up there and awesome. a lot more coming out soon. Yeah, that's great. I, the the abbreviation, you know, is fantastic. D and D Dungeons by Nick and Daniel, uh, so it works great. And I see there's some stuff that's non uh, sci fi or non Star Wars related, which is cool. Uh, but most of it gears towards Star Wars. Uh, is that just a preference? Yeah. So uh, a lot of the stuff that gets posted is stuff that I make for my game. So you know, while I'm making all this stuff for my game, it gets put on there and. Um, Daniel started to branch out uh, quite a lot recently. So he's making a lot of um, like hero class tokens. So like specific people, like he made Yoda, the Mandalorian, um, Sabine. So like he's going to, we're going to be posting that stuff soon. And, um, Very cool. But the other, we're open to make like any kind of stuff. The um, Final Fantasy stuff that I've made so far were actually commissions that we had. So. Okay. That's pretty sweet. I haven't seen the Final Fantasy stuff. Tell us a little about that. I love huge Final Fantasy fans. <laughs> yeah, so um, I got commissioned to make, there's like this little add-on for regular D&D that has a bunch of stat blocks for the different uh, Final Fantasy specific creatures and stuff. And so far I've done like the elemental bombs, um, the cactuars, and Oh, I know you're talking um, about. Um, they're the ones that can one shot you half the time. I'm, yeah, um, yeah. Blanking on the name though. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I've got a few more coming with that that I've got to make. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of our stuff too. We try to. Uh, well, it's more geared straight towards Star Wars. We try to make some stuff that's pretty generic sci-fi too, as well. So. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Star Star Wars stuff is great. Uh, there's obviously a lot of demand for it, and there's not a lot of supply uh, out there, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, right? Like, so there's definitely a market for it, an interest for it. Um, and some of the generic sci-fi stuff that is out there works, but, you know, Star Wars really does have a specific feel uh, to it. And so, you know, when you try to find stuff, you know, a map or whatever, and, and it, it can be tough unless the resources out there. So it's great that there's things like this available. Uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about, let, let's like talk about a map. I was just kind of scrolling through here. There was uh, the pit stop uh, on here. I love that. That's a beautiful little map. It's just nice little uh, kind of like docking bay port there. Um, but tell us a little bit about your process when you sit down to make a map. What does that kind of look like? I tend to work in Photoshop um, just because it gives a lot more uh, control, I think, than some of the map programs out there. 
but uh, it's going to be kind of a similar workflow, I would say. One of the most important things when starting a map is to set up your grid. Uh, if you're on roll 20, it's like 70 by 70. If you're on foundry, it's 100 by 100, and that's pixels per square. Right. Um, so on Photoshop, you can like set up a grid to show over your stuff. And then I just kind of collect reference. So once I've kind of decided, you know, what kind of map size I want, whether it's going to be like 30 by 40 or whatever, I tend to work in pretty large maps, but I collect a lot of reference. So I go to different, you know, Star Wars movies, games, uh, a lot of stuff from Rebels recently, since I'm doing Lethal. Um, and I put all that stuff in the Pure Ref board. Um, if you guys haven't heard of Pure Ref, it is a wonderful program. Um, it's something you can obtain by donation or so you could get it for free or you could donate to help the dev, but you just plop images in there and um, it has a setting to stay on top and you can drag it around your screen and just create a whole kind of mood board to awesome. help out. Then I like lay down where I want my buildings and stuff and figure out what kind of props I need if I've already got those props or if I need to make new props, which tends to be based off of the planet because like you said, Star Wars has a very unique design and every planet has its own sort of look to look it, and feel know? yeah yeah mm -hmm. so usually when we go to a new planet i make a whole bunch of new stuff awesome so backing up a little bit uh be, you know before even getting into that process um any thought process on you know the layout design of the map so not specifically like doing that function but what is uh any what's your input into like or your mindset into all right i know i want barriers here or the flow of the map you know do they enter from the left the right what any thought process there just to add a little more does anything make a map better than another map uh you know if that makes sense like as far as how things are laid out yeah i think that one of the biggest things when designing is to not work in squares <laughs> i think that rooms can be square but if you're making your buildings square like perfectly square it's kind of boring right you want hallways and different things coming off of different ways it, it opens something up for your player to explore rather than just everything being a square room attached to a square room right so i think that that's an important thing when designing the layout and i'll often start with grid paper actually kind of like sketch down on grid paper um how i want it to look but it's just important to think about the flow. You know, you, you want that sort of exploratory element in D&D, &D, right? You don't just want your player to be able to easily walk through. There's got to be ideas of what happens if they go off the beaten path. Is there going to be a way to do that? Is there going to be different rooms that might not be readily findable? Um, so you want to think of all those kind of things like, how is how's it going to be used or if you're doing a combat map right when you're doing a combat map you want to think of what kind of space do you want to work in do you want it to be close quarters combat do you want it to be ranged combat mm -hmm. what are things that they can use as barriers what are areas that they can go to kind of hide away from the combat if they need to heal what are some traps that maybe you can put into the area so i think that that's a lot of stuff that's important to think about when um, coming out with the layout phase of the map. 
definitely. And kind of going along with that for like a new DM or, an, or a DM that's new to making maps, we'll say, what would be kind of your core tips or core things that they should think about as they kind of go about that process? Reference, always reference. Uh, I think that a lot of people who are new to making things are scared to use reference because a lot of people feel like that's cheating. But um, as somebody who is working with a lot of professionals in the industry right now, um, reference is important at any stage, you know? So if you don't know quite how to lay it out, go look up something, you know, look at other people's maps for inspiration, look at Star Wars episodes for inspiration or anything, you know, think of video games, you know, the layouts in video games is a really big one because that's a lot of level design right there. I remember um, early on when I was doing Narshada maps, something I would do is I would go to, um, you know, the older public online game. I would find the man, the layouts for the different sector maps. Yeah, and I would yeah. use them as kind of a basis to help me design my map because I mean, it's already designed for good layout for gameplay. So yeah, I did that for a, um, a completely different game for a mothership game, but it was just that, you know, that map uh, blue, that blue kind of hologram. Look. Mm -hmm you are a heads up display of the map and it was i think it was a large station and then i kind of shrunk it down and it was more of a little kind of dungeon-esque type thing so absolutely yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I, I love it amazing tips there nick uh, i think i can you know offer my own uh, anecdote about uh, references a little bit of like trying to illustrate and draw myself and I always, you know, I, I was very much same in that mindset of like, I just want to do it on my own. But every time I used a reference, like night and day better, night and day better. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think uh, that thought process is fantastic there. You know, Tegan, I was telling uh, Nick a little bit before you hopped on here that me having a, a design background as well, sometimes muscle memory for me, and it's hard to kind of talk to other people. Is there any specific struggles that you have, you know, knowing that that specific creative side isn't your strongest suit? Yeah, for a long time viewers, I've mentioned it multiple times. I hate making maps. <laughs> uh, it's my least favorite part of the DMing process. Uh, probably like the biggest thing, uh, and I know uh, you guys use. I think Todd, you use Photoshop or something similar as Photoshop well. Photoshop and Illustrator are my go-to's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I don't use Photoshop in my profession. Uh, what would you? What tips or resources would you recommend for a GM who does not have a background uh, in kind of the more uh, Photoshop or kind of design background, I should say. Or access to those programs too, because that's a little bit of a yeah. pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of online map making programs now that are really great. Like there's um Dungeon Fog and Dungeon Draft, I know is a huge one. And these kind of take care of a lot of the hard stuff for you. They already have that grid laid out. Everything kind of adheres to the grid or if you want to get more specific with your placement, you can break it, but it makes it really easy. Just kind of like drag and drop stuff on. You draw out your walls and set your dimensions for your map size. So they're really great. They're really affordable. Um, they even have lighting systems in them. They come with a ton of pre-built assets and you can upload your own assets. So um, sometimes I will use, uh, I have a Dungeon Fog subscription. So sometimes I'll use Dungeon Fog to get better lighting. And I just upload all my own assets to it and use it to place all my stuff. And it places it a lot quicker than Photoshop. Cause let me tell you, <laughs> dragging out um, floors, especially in Photoshop and trying to get the grid all nice, it is 
a hassle, but I mean, in this, you just draw a box and it instantly places the floor in there. So, I mean, that's great. It has its limitations for those of us who are a little more artistically inclined because you can't really draw stuff directly on the map. You can't edit stuff as much, but I mean, uh, especially if you're just starting out, it is a great tool and really accessible. Nice. Yeah. I, I haven't used Dungeon Fog, but yeah, those online resources can be great. I use Incar- Incarnate pretty often. And mm. That one's been, uh, definitely a godsend for making maps. Yeah. That one looks awesome. Um, I just heard about it recently. Yeah. I think, is that the one that Moth uses, uh, Tegan? I think Moth uses that one too. Yeah. I think that one, there's, because uh, I know some of them too, which some of these are nice. Uh, maybe it's Dungeon Draft though um, as well, but. Uh, you know, you you're able to license or you're, you have license to to resell those maps, which is, I think, a cool aspect of some of those programs out there. So, yeah, definitely going. I've used I used to use Dungeon Fog in the beginning as well. Nick, what about with assets and things? And one thing I want to touch on because I want to kind of uh, I, I think there's a good uh, not necessarily a right and wrong way with this, but placing assets at what stage of the map building process and using it in the game? Should you have everything like in that map builder and then throw it into your virtual tabletop? Or would you suggest bringing some assets in after the fact so that they're movable? I think it depends on what you're going to use it for. I think that there's, especially with Foundry, the amazing thing about Foundry is modules. And there's some amazing modules that just absolutely change the way you experience D&D. And um, things like uh, active tile triggers you can do some insane stuff with that. So like um, a little bit of a tangent, but a recent map that I made has a crane that has a bunch of crates um, hanging from it. And you can shoot the winch on the crane to drop the crates. And so the crates will move and they'll fall and they'll detect nearby enemies and damage them. So like things like that, where you want it to be an interactable thing, you know, bring it in later, but uh things like maybe like some crates some decorations beds stuff like that i would definitely say to build it in the map beforehand because if you load it up with way too many tiles on the screen it's really just going to bog things down and right right some of your players don't have great systems it's going to be slow and yeah absolutely and i think it's a balance there of performance versus flexibility i think some of the reason that i bring it up too is i've seen people offer a map uh, you know, someone like yourself or whatever, and they throw it out there and they, you know, they almost put too much assets on the map and then it can sometimes be difficult to utilize. Uh, it's not generic mm-hmm. enough, I guess is what I'm saying. And you know, mm-hmm. like if there's something on the map, the player is going to be like, what is that? Can I, can I go touch it? I'm going to touch it. What does it do? And like, it's literally just a random box. It had no intention, kind of a thing like that. So I definitely there's a running joke in my game because there's one player who always investigates plants for some reason. And I'm like, I just put the plant there as a decoration. Like it's a potted plant. And he just keeps investigating them every time a plant's on the screen. <laughs> so yeah, um I would definitely say that that's uh, a thing when you have pre-built maps, they tend to be already decorated, which is why one of the things that I offer is we offer tiles and props separately. So you have your floor tiles and you have your props. You can put them together in any way that you want. 
or you could use our pre-built rooms that already have the props in them. So awesome. Yeah. I was uh, just about to lead there. So yeah, give us a little more pitch and intro into your Patreon and what uh, members can expect if they go and visit that, uh, you know, what's all available there. We have a couple different uh, main tiers starting at a dollar per month. You get a token of the month. Um, every month you'll get a new token. Um, sometimes there'll be a couple different variations of that token included as well. Our next tier, the uh, Battle Worn tier, uh, is $3, and that includes all of those tiles I was just talking about. So um, we got over 20 different floor tiles at the moment. Just to vary up your room, some are like graded floors, and uh, like the a lot of inspiration comes from the KOTOR game because, you know, that has a lot of different um, designs. So there's like a lot of different Narshadov metal plating stuff going on. Textures and things, um, yeah, yeah. And they also get access to um, all of our tokens, which we've got over 60 of them and 50 props. So things like, you know, recently we just put out the Imperial Conference table, desks, chairs, crates, um, phases, like you name it. Like if it's a prop, we probably already have some <laughs> version of it. We've got quite a lot of different props. And so that's at the $3, you get all of that. And then at the $5, you get our maps. And our maps come in two different ways. So we usually do like a zip file, um, and it's going to have the pre-built map. Um, or if you are somebody who's using things like um, levels module, um, which allows you to kind of stack stuff via tiles mm -hmm. in Foundry, it also comes with levels functionality so like we'll have like the floor and then the interiors of the buildings and then maybe like a second floor and then a roof and then you awesome. can kind of assemble that all together so we've actually got around the time of this episode dropping we're going to have our biggest map dropping yet which is there's going to be six different versions of the pre-built maps um, including night and day and then there's 40 modular pieces to use as tiles it's um biggest thing I've made yet it's a massive imperial base it's got a ventilation system for your players to kind of go in the vents and scope out the base from the vents it's got uh, multiple stories um all sorts of things going on with it and that that crane thing that I was talking about earlier with the crane that drops all the crates on people so a lot of cool stuff even like a wall section that you could blow up to break into the base Nice. I was going to ask what's your favorite of the maps you've done, but probably it sounds like that was probably <laughs> near the top of the list. Oh yeah, it's definitely that one. I mean, it was, it was a blast to make. Um, I really went all out. Like I've been working more and more towards anything that I produce for my game being a hundred percent original work. Um, Cause I know that there's like the community star Wars assets that are available to everybody. And I was using those for a while, but I've been trying to work more and more towards just everything is mine. And this was the first 100% for my game map that was just all mine. And it was the biggest one that I've done. And it was quite a quite an adventure in game, let me tell you. It was supposed to be a stealth mission, but you know how those go. Yeah. <laughs> stealth, what's that? Yeah. Uh, one of the players wound up in a TIE fighter. Um, with the empire kind of disguised as one of them <laughs> it's interesting of course yeah i never heard that one before that's awesome <laughs> yeah i think you know 
you were talking about as it's hundred percent your original and whatnot. And, and it's nice when, you know, that was the thing I always struggle with is like, I, you can't find assets or tiles or things that match well enough. So you're like, some people it might not really notice. I'm as a designer, definitely going to notice that like, all right, mm-hmm. this crate does not match the artistic style of this floor piece. And it just, you know, so that's awesome. I mean, your, your stuff is great. Uh, I've been scrolling through Instagram and I, I see it on Instagram regularly, but looking at it again now and, and, uh, it's fantastic. And, it, you know, all the little details into the pieces, like, like crates, just as an example, you know, such a simple little atmospheric object on a map, but, um, even in those, like the quality and how they look and, and all that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, well, Nick, this has been fantastic. Some amazing uh, information, tips, and tricks. I think from you, um, I've even you know learned some things. I think uh, going forward. So yeah, any any final parting words uh, in regards to map making or otherwise uh, for the DJM community? Uh, we actually have um, over on my Patreon a PDF available for free that talks about my entire process of map making in Photoshop. Um, from laying out the grid and choosing the size to how to decorate your props and everything in between. So definitely recommend checking that out. It's a free resource. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get that uh, linked into the um, show notes here so people can kind of have a direct access to that. Uh, and then uh, that'll take you to the Patreon as well, which we'll have a link to. So you can check out all this great work and definitely consider uh, you know, subscribing to kind of just up your game, your virtual tabletop games for maps and anything, because there's a lot of good stuff here. Definitely at the minimum, give a follow to Nick and Daniel on Instagram, DND underscore galaxy, just to see what they're working with. Super cool stuff. Nick, thank you so much. We'll have to maybe work together down the road here soon and maybe have you on appreciate again it. another time. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I'm looking forward to seeing that Imperial base come out. Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Great conversation. Great to have Nick on, hopefully to talk with him and work with him uh, down the road for some other projects. Uh, he actually shared after the interview two tokens that his uh, partner with D&D Galaxy made of Tegan and myself, little Jedi tokens. They're amazing. Uh, we will be offering them up uh, on the Patreon for free to check them out. So such an honor to see that. Uh, very cool. Thank you so much for that. Looking ahead to our next episode, it is our on-the-spot one-shot that Tegan and I are going to put together another community-driven piece of content here. Tegan, tell us about that. So I'm pretty stoked for this one. So uh, we're going to be going through uh, the suggestions that you guys have placed into our form. And definitely, if you haven't yet, there'll be a link on this episode. Throw in some cool stuff. And we're going to take one suggestion, and we're going to build a one-shot off of it. So uh, we're going to be kind of bouncing back and forth. You could see a little bit of a piece of our creative process. And hopefully, we'll have a cool one-shot that you could run with your crew afterwards. So uh, throw some cool suggestions in, and definitely stay tuned. Uh, it would be a little bit of a messy, fun, creative experience. I, I'm looking forward to it, definitely. I think it'll be interesting to see how we kind of work off of each other. I think that'll be the fun part as well and, and what we come up with. So definitely get those suggestions in, still time. And uh, that'll be on the next episode. So in the meantime, again, appreciate all the support and we'll see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.